Father, uh, thank you that you brought us here. And as Sean prayed, Lord, we give you our hearts now. We pray, God, that as we approach you uh, in the scriptures, that you would speak to us tonight. Lord, we believe that you are the living God, that you're still at work in this world, and that we are here for a reason, God. And I pray for every heart here, anyone that is uh, heavy-hearted tonight, anyone that's coming in with, a, with discouragement, that looks back at 2019 and, and feels like it was a bad year, that it was a wasted year, Lord, that those of us coming in tonight with heavy hearts, broken feeling detached, wondering why we're here. It was a fight for us to get here. Lord, let us hear those truths tonight that you're not finished with us yet. And God, for those of us coming here tonight, excited and expectant, people maybe that have been walking with you for some time, Lord, we want more of you, God. That's right. There's still work to be done in our hearts. So Lord, we claim that promise tonight too, that you're not finished with us yet, Lord. If we're not... Uh, more and more like your son, Lord, then you're not done. And so we give you our hearts and this weekend do a work. And as we gather here on Sunday morning, Lord, we will give you the praise for what you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, Turn to Genesis chapter 4. Real easy to find it. It's in the first few pages of your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you can uh, share with a friend or the person next to you. And uh, we're going to start tonight in Genesis chapter 4, which is a a very foundational uh, record about the story of Cain and Abel. And we'll pick up and read it, and then we'll talk a bit about it. In Genesis chapter 4, do you you feel like the world is getting a little angrier? Are Canadians angry? Angrier, yeah. Some said no. All the Americans said no. (laughs) I read uh, some articles this week. Uh, It seems that we're in more and more of like an outrage culture. Everybody's ticked off about something. We're mad if Trump gets reelected. We're mad if he doesn't get reelected. We're mad at the people who care about either one of those opinions. And uh, there seems to be, uh, and this happens in different generations, but there seems to be right now, uh, at least in the Western world, a, uh, a level of like outrage and anger and frustration and just irritability that now is normal. And so like we're just going to build on top of that, right? And so then it'll get even more angry and more angry. And then eventually like our common greed instead of a handshake will be like a punch in the face. You know what I mean? Like seems like anger is an issue. And, and some of us... Um, feel it more than others, and uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about this from the first record of, uh, of anger in Scripture. I think it'll help us in the world we live in. Verse 1 of chapter 4, now the man, Adam and Eve, had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain, and she said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the flocks, a shepherd, but Cain was a tiller of the ground, a farmer. And so it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, brought the first slings of his flock and the fat portions, and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. So the two of them, we don't know much about the story, very early story in Scripture, but the two of them bring an offering of worship and sacrifice to the Lord. Cain, a farmer, brings some of the fruit of the ground, and Abel, a shepherd, brings uh, a, a young lamb. Verse uh, 
4 tells us that the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, verse 5, but for, for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. And so Cain became very what? Very angry and his countenance fell. So it tells us that after this whole, whole exchange, the result is Cain becomes very angry and his countenance fell. Different translations uh, say that he was like downcast or he was sulking, right? He had like a physical uh, manifestation of his anger. And so for some reason, Cain is upset that God accepts his brother's offering. And there's a lot of ideas in theology about why uh, this is the case, that one was accepted and one uh, wasn't. But for our purpose tonight, the exact reason of why one was accepted and another is actually irrelevant. What we see is that Cain is upset because things didn't go well for him, that his brother was accepted and he wasn't, and he responds with what sort of emotion? Anger. What sort of emotion? And he wasn't just angry, it says he was very angry. You see that? Now let's see what happens in verse 6. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. And so as soon as Cain gets angry, God comes to him and God asks Cain, Cain, why are you angry? Why are you acting like this? God continues and says, if you do well, you'll feel better. If not, sin is waiting to pounce on you. You see that like personification there? It's like sin is waiting at the door just to like jump on top of him and master him. And so God says, either Cain, you're going to master sin or sin is going to master you. Why are you angry? Verse 8. Cain told his brother, Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and did what? Killed him. I mean, like, how did you play with your siblings growing up? I mean, this is pretty remarkable here, right? And the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know, famous line from scripture, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. This is the first murder in scripture and it's a murder of a brother. Verse 11, now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. And so Cain, uh, after his anger starts to boil up inside of him, his countenance falls, he ends up killing his brother Abel. And really what this story tells us is it speaks to us about the foundational uh, truths about the human condition and our relationship with God. Apparently, for all of us, Sin is waiting for us, crouching, ready to pounce, to have control over our lives. And one of the ways that sin likes to get a hold of humans is through our emotions. He's angry, his countenance has fallen, and God says, why are you angry? If you do well, you'll be able to master this. But you're in this moment right now, Cain, where if you don't handle these emotions right, Sin is going to master you. And what do you think happened? Sin mastered him. He killed his brother. This can happen 
sin can grab hold of us through our emotions. Some of us are very easily led around by our emotions. Others in this room, I know, are not emotional people as, mu as much. But instead, we struggle with being detached and despondent. And so, really, neither end of the spectrum should be, we be real happy about. Like, over-emotional, doing everything we do based on how it feels and our emotions. And then some people on this end that, you know, no emotions <laughs> at all. It seems like we're either a basket case or jerks. Those are the two ends of this emotional spectrum. And so before we look at anger specifically, I just want to start tonight and talk about emotions in general. Uh, a few years ago, I, I was ice skating and, uh, and I fell on the ice and landed pretty hard on my knee, right? I'm not a very good ice skater. I was carrying like children around as I'm ice skating. You don't want them to fall. So dad falls. I fell on my knee. And then a few weeks after that, my knee started to really, really hurt, really hurt. You were ice skating with me that day, Peter, and that's the only reason I didn't cry because I didn't want to... <laughs> I didn't want to look like a wuss, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no problem. Right? Anyway, weeks go by. My knee is killing me. It starts filling with fluid. It, it's just, it's so painful. I can't, I can't walk without looking real, you know, like I'm real I'm struggling and, and trying to keep respectful in front of my wife, you know. And uh, so, you know what I did when my knee uh, was showing all of this pain? Well, first I ignored it, Right? And then I, you know, took some ibuprofen to make it go away. But you know what? It didn't go away. So you know what I had to do? I had to go see a what? A doctor. I had to go see a doctor. And that was a whole journey. I'm not going to get into that. You want to talk about anger? <laughs> Bouncing around doctor to doctor. You know, you wait two hours in the waiting room and then they're with you for two minutes and they say, oh, I can't help you. Go see another guy. And you're just like, oh my gosh. So I was real angry about it. I'll tell you that story some other time. And then finally, bouncing around doctor to doctor, I found out that actually the knee didn't hurt because I fell that one day. It did hurt that day. But really my problem was I had an autoimmune disease called psoriatic arthritis, which attacked my joints. And that was where the pain was coming from. That's where the fluid was coming from. And then I went to a doctor that specialized in that. And they were able to give me some treatment and some medication, so much so that, you know, I don't have any problems anymore. I mean, I have plenty of problems, but not with the knee. <laughs> When there was pain in my knee, what I did was I got help and I asked, why is this happening? Something's not right. Let me go and find out how to fix this. Our bodies, God designed our bodies so that when we have pain in our bodies, there's signals for us to go, there's something going on here, good and bad signals, so that we can understand what's safe, what's dangerous, what's working, what's broken. And sometimes we ignore them, but that doesn't fix them. And I want to say that I think God has given us our emotions for the same reason. Our emotions are telling us about something that's going on inside. Emotions in and of themselves are good. Emotions are from God, right? When we were just singing uh, those songs of praise, you, sometimes you get emotional and you go, yeah, right? That's good. That's joy, right? Uh, when, when I go to baptisms, I cry. It's just so beautiful. I get, I get emotional. When my wife goes to weddings, she cries. Not really, but like she's supposed to. <laughs> when she thinks about our wedding she cries but that's a whole nother sermon there too and so uh, emotions in and of themselves are not necessarily bad even, even the negative emotions that we think about like something like anger Here, here's, some, uh, uh, here's some good information about 
All right, man, you got the job. Switch to the first slide there, yeah. All right, this is from Psychology Today, doctor. Here's what the recent generation of emotion research has uncovered. On their own, negative emotions are neither good nor bad. Emotions provide information, okay? It's from an author, Johan Hari. He says that our negative emotions, anger, anxiety, sadness, depression, are not so much dysfunction in our soul, they are signals, all right? My knee started to hurt. I said, something's wrong, I need to do something about it. Well, our emotions are doing the same thing, right? Now, if you were raised like I was, and, and many of us were raised in a similar setting, this isn't necessarily a religious thing, but many of us were raised in systems that taught that negative emotions were bad. Stop crying. Don't be angry. Don't be sad. Anxiety is something for messed up people. Just pray, go to church, you'll feel better. Read the Bible, that'll fix it. Can I get a sad amen from anybody that grew up in a system like that? Amen, right? So emotions were, were actually something that we wanted to ignore because they weren't good. We shouldn't be angry, we're Christians. We love Jesus, we shouldn't be sad. And so there's this disconnect. And we may have grown up where someone said, don't be sad, you're, you're a believer. And so one emotion that we sometimes experience is anger. And, and here's the defini uh, definition of anger from Google and Webster. A strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. A strong feeling of being upset or annoyed because of something wrong or bad. The feeling that makes someone want to hurt other people, to shout, etc. The feeling of being angry. And so anger... I probably don't have to talk too much about this. You know this. Anger is expressed in a few different ways. Sometimes it's the obvious ones like, Yeah! What's wrong with you people? Oh, <laughs> Cursing. Your face getting real red. Right? When you think of an angry person, you think about that, right? Yeah! Get off my lawn! <laughs> but there are also less obvious manifestations of anger like, the silent treatment, right? And now, now people that are in relationships where one of the uh, people in the relationship is all the time, we're like, that's the angry person. But then you have some people that give the silent treatment. Mm -hmm. That's anger. It's just different. You have subtle ways to show anger, right? Some of us have long fuses meaning it takes a long time for us to get angry. You know, we're cool, no, no, no problem, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And then all of a sudden, boom. Many of us sweep things under the rug. Uh, some of the ways that we show uh, anger is that we're just constantly irritable, complaining, being annoyed all the time. Again, that's not, ah, what's wrong with you people? But it's still anger. And so, there's a wrong way to deal with anger. And I wish, it, when, when I was looking at the topics uh, to, that we were going to look at this weekend, and I saw anger, do you remember how I responded? I responded to the email, I've got a lot of experience with that one. I think I should pick anger. <laughs> now, I hate that. I hate that I know how to talk about anger because it's been such a part of my life. I wish this wasn't a message I could preach. But I've had plenty of anger in my life. 
I started out most of my life being a very uh, peaceful, calm child, very uh, easygoing, right? And then I got married. And, and my, our, our first year of marriage was very difficult, very difficult. We brought things out of each other that we did not know existed, right? I, I turned into this, this maniac. I was kicking things. There was nights when I like slept in the car because I was so, you know, stonewall. I was right. I'm not apologizing. Just it was, it was horrible. All of a sudden, this rage came out of nowhere this first year of marriage, right? And of course, at the time, whose fault was it? <laughs> My dear wife sitting in the front row with such support in her eyes right now. First year of marriage, a lot of anger. And then I realized that's wrong, can't be like that. Started to try to get some help. And then uh, I transitioned into a more mature version of anger. I'm not kicking things. I'm not throwing dishes anymore. This was just like irritable all the time. Are there any irritable people here? Right, a couple people. Right? Why are you asking us these stupid questions, Pastor? Right, I realized that, that I had these moments where I wasn't like, I wasn't having fits of rage anymore. I wasn't kicking things anymore. I wasn't cursing anymore. But just certain parts of my life got me really irritable. Let me just talk about one of them for a moment. Transitions. Somehow, moving from my house to my car sets me off. <laughs> moving from my house to my car with my children, I should be more specific, sets me off. What do you mean you don't have shoes? What have you been doing the last 20 minutes? You've been watching the show? I told you to put your shoes on 20 minutes ago. You only got two shoes. Put them on. What's wrong with you? Get in the van. We're going to church. <laughs> Packing for a trip. Just where, where's the shirt I was going to wear? Where's the toothbrush? Like something about transitions just set me off. The morning time before school starts, making lunches, right? I give myself an hour to figure all of this out, but somehow it just gets filled with pressure, right? And like the bread's ripping when I'm putting the peanut butter on it, I'm just, ah! <laughs> Have a great day, sweetheart. Have a great day. And so for many years, for many years, realizing I had this anger, I prayed about it. And here was my prayer with a genuine heart. God, please, you got to take this anger out of my heart. You got to get rid of this anger, Father. Please, I'm, I'm hurting my wife. I'm, I'm hurting my children. I'm hurting my friends. I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting you. I'm sinning. God, can you please just... Just take this anger from me. You ever prayed that prayer? God, I just don't want to be angry anymore. Will you take this anger away? Maybe you've prayed that about, about depression or anxiety. God, take this anxiety for me. And, and for all of those years, though there were some moments that measurably I could see some success, really nothing changed. Nothing happened. Because you know what I never did? In that time of asking God to take my anger, I never did what God invited Cain to do, which was, why am I angry? I just asked God to take it away. Please get rid of it for, please just, just get rid of it so I can be friendly and, and have peace. And I never said, 
God, why am I angry? I never thought that maybe what was broken inside of me was actually a way that God was trying to get my attention to help me realize that something was broken inside of me. I didn't look at anger and my emotions as signals from God to say, hey, something's not right here. I'm praying for him to take something away from me that he's actually allowing in my life to show me I need him. And so when I started to ask and pray, God, why am I angry? I began to realize reasons why I was angry. God began to show me that I was a control freak, a perfectionist, and selfish. He began to show me that I learned from my family how to deal with situations through anger. Guess what? When I was a kid, when we transitioned from the house to the minivan, you know what my dad did? With hell your shoes! Wear your shoes! And so guess what? I did that. I never thought, God, what's going on here? Why am I being like this? Why are these things happening? And he began to show me. He began to show me that I was getting angry because I wasn't getting things that I wanted. And not just stuff. When I wasn't getting the time that I wanted, I would get angry. When I didn't get the peace I wanted, I would get angry. When I wouldn't have the pace of life I wanted, I would get angry. When things didn't go my way, I would get angry. When, when I didn't get the recognition that I wanted, I would get angry. Here I am doing the dishes to bless my wife. She don't say nothing about these dishes. Man. <laughs> get angry about that. God began to show me that. He began to show me that when I'm on the slow checkout line and I'm getting ticked off at all these people, something's going on inside of me. Anybody get ticked off when you, 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 you're counting the items in the people in front of you because you got places to be and you get angry when they ask for a price check? When you, when you get cut off, you, you flip out when, you're, when your sports team loses, you get, I mean... <laughs> Glad you're here. Glad you're here, second row. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. And so instead of a life of just stuffing it, I began to ask, God, why am I angry? Now let's go back to Cain here, right? Cain is very angry. He's very angry. And how does God treat him? What does God do in response to Cain's anger? He doesn't say, Snap out of it, Cain. He doesn't say, control yourself. He doesn't say, you better repent of your anger, Cain. He doesn't say, until you stop being angry, you and I are not going to be able to connect. You know what God says to Cain? He says this. He says, Cain, why are you angry? God is offering Cain an opportunity here to not let this anger take control of him, but for him to access what's going on in his soul so that something can happen other than his brother dying in the next verse. He was angry, his countenance fell, and he was feeling something. And there was a reason why he was feeling that way. And God gave him the opportunity to deal with that emotion by saying, Cain, why are you angry? And, and I know this is just my imagination here, but he, I can totally see this happen. Cain responding to his question, why are you angry like this? Yes, God, I am angry. 
My anger is because I'm sad and I'm confused. I don't understand why Abel's sacrifice was pleasing to you and mine wasn't. I feel like everyone loves Abel and ignores me and is bubbling over now. And God replies, thank you, my child, for coming to me with your pain. I love you, Cain. Cain, here is why Abel was on the right track and you weren't. See, when God says, why are you angry? He's inviting him into a relationship with him where he can help him with the thing that's in his heart that is signaling that something is wrong. Go to Psalm 42. Genesis actually never tells us the answer to why Abel, Abel's sacrifice was accepted and Cain wasn't. And the reason why is because Cain never went to God with his emotion, with his heart. God wanted to help Cain, but Cain wanted to move on. And so I think the lesson we could learn for those of us that are angry and those of us that are willing to admit that we have anger is that God is inviting us to run to him when we feel anger. When we're angry and we realize that, right? And for a variety of different reasons, some justified, some unjustified, some silly, some serious. But when we get angry, God is actually inviting us to come to him so he can help us and show us what's going on in our heart and soul and show us where we need his help. Psalm 42, verse 1, familiar psalm to some of us. It says in verse 1, As the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Now, most of the time when I read this verse, I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. It's like a little Bambi deer licking his lips down to the little brook. Right? A beautiful song, right? As the deer, right? But that's not what's going on here. He's saying he's longing for God like a deer is longing for the brook, thirsting for God. And, and, and he's really asking, when am I going to be near you again? Verse 3, my tears have been my food day and night. While they, the people around him, are saying all day long, where is your God? These things I remember and I pour my soul within me. For I used to go along with the throng and lead them in the procession to the house of God with the voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. And so the psalmist here remembers a time in his life when he, his emotional health was, was great. I remember I used to lead the people in praise. I wasn't in the back corner, not even able to lift my head during praise. I was up in the front saying, come on, everybody, let's go. But something's changed. He says that he's been crying day and night. People around him are like, why hasn't God helped you? Why hasn't God shown up? And look what he says in verse 5. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. You see that question in verse 5? Why are you in despair, O my soul, and why have you become disturbed within me? The psalmist is doing what God wants us to do in our own hearts. The psalmist is saying, wait a second, what's going on inside of me? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? 
He looks back at his life. It didn't always, it wasn't always like this. Something new is happening here. I'm crying all the time. I'm sad. I'm angry. I feel alone. I'm frustrated. What's going on inside? Oh, soul, what's going on? What's happening inside? What's, what's wrong with me? Why am I angry? Why are you in despair, oh my soul? Can you, can you say that with me? Why are you in despair, oh my soul? He's talking to himself. He's saying, what's going on inside? See, this is a good question for the people of God to ask themselves. For all of the different emotions that we're going to look at this weekend, this is really the first question we need to ask. Why do we feel this way? You probably can quickly point out which teaching we're going to look at this weekend you might be most looking forward to. Maybe not, not looking forward to talking about anxiety, but you know what I mean. Most hopeful to find some answers. Maybe you're just an angry person. Maybe you, have, you just feel low self-esteem and so you can't wait for that sermon. The first question we need to ask is, why do I feel this way, God? What's going on inside that that I'm being so angry all the time. Why is it so hard for me to get things ready in the morning? Why is it when I feel time pressure on my chest that I can't handle it and I, I freak out? Why is it that I feel so alone, God? I have friends all around me. I have people in my life, but yet I feel lonely. I'm sad all the time. I'm so filled with anxiety, I can't take a deep breath if, I, if my life depended on it. God, why? What's going on in my heart? You see, we serve a God that wants to ask us that question and wants us to ask Him. God can handle whatever negative emotion you and I are coming to Him with tonight. In fact, He's been waiting for us to come to Him. We've been sweeping it under the rug. For years, sin isn't crouching at our door. Sin is sitting on the couch, chilling. We've been sweeping it under the rug. Oh, that's just me. Oh, that's just, that's just the way I am. That's just my nationality. That's just the way we do things in my life. Yo, well, we're, I'm from New York, so I curse. <laughs> None of the New Yorkers are laughing. They're like. <laughs> but this is a question we have to ask. We have to come to God tonight, whether it's with anger or any of these other emotions. However you're feeling tonight, God, why do I feel this way? Why are you in despair, oh my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? And then the, the, the psalmist talks to himself and says, Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him for the help of His presence. We got to know that the only place that we can find hope for these changes in our soul is in Him. Amen? Amen. Verse 6, Oh my God, my soul is in despair with me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and from the peaks of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. In other words, the psalmist feels far away from God's presence. Do you feel far from God's presence tonight? Are you coming into this feeling like a, a fish out of water at this Christian camp? Right? Do you have a reputation here of being a wonderful, happy person, smiling, everything's great, you have a perfect life, but inside it's, it's falling apart? Welcome. We've come to the right place. Not this room, but our Heavenly Father. 
I feel far from you. Verse 7, deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls and your breakers. Your waves have rolled over me. The psalmist feels in over his head. The Lord, this is his hope, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and his song will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. So the psalmist is longing to transition away from, I used to be filled with joy, but now all I do is cry saying, but God, I know that if I come to you with my heart, with my brokenness, with my anger, with my emotions, God, I know that you can help me. It's good to sing during the daytime. We come to church on Sundays and we sing, but this guy says, I'm going to be singing at night too. Rather than crying in my bed, rather than not being able to sleep because I'm just worried about everything in my life, God, if I come to you with my heart and soul, I know that you can bring joy there. Verse 9, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do you go on mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As the shattering of my bones, my adversaries revile me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Verse 11, why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Twice in this psalm. Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him. The help of my countenance and my God. Now, I struggled putting this message together. I was talking to Peter before we came here that I feel like uh, those of you that, that teach or, or prepare sermons, uh, you probably know uh, what your page looks like when you know you have the lesson you want to give. Right? You know that if it's 45 pages long, you're probably going to preach for too long. Right? Okay? So I know how many pages my sermon should be to know that, okay, this is from my heart. This isn't just on my page. And, and earlier today, my sermon was seven pages long. I like to be under three. So buckle up, Pete. No, no, no. no. <laughs> The reason why I was struggling was because I have three additional pages of notes with very helpful tips about how to deal with anger. Things like deal with your adversary quickly, right? Things like not letting the sun go down on your anger and, and practical things about what you should do if you struggle with anger. But I realized that it, those may not be helpful to you. Those might be helpful to me. We should consider those things and look at those things. And I'm not, I'm not trying to push those things aside. I'm happy to give you a copy of the additional four pages I didn't bring. <laughs> but, the, but the reason why we're not going to get a bulleted list of 10 different things you can do right now. Let's get that. But right now is because we first have to start with this question, why am I angry? Because I could give you all sorts of tips and books to read about dealing with anger and breathing exercises and all the, all the rest. But the first thing all of us have to do, if we really want to have change in our life, is we need to go to God and say, God, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? I cannot tell you for sure the reason why you are angry, the reason why you are anxious. But you know who I know can? God. And this isn't just some clever thing like, oh, God's going to help you. 
we have to believe that we serve the living God who actually really wants relationship with us. And when we say, God, why am I angry? That we are going to believe that he is going to tell us what's going on in our soul. Then we'll look at the 10 things we can do after the fact. But if we want to really see change in the very core of our hearts of who we are, it's not a list of 10 things where we need to start. We need to start by going directly to our maker who is going to tell us what is going on in our souls. Now, you maybe have never experienced God talking to you and you don't know what that's like. But let me tell you, God wants a relationship with you. He wants to speak to you. There's going to be a variety of ways that he's going to do it. It might be from the Bible. It might be through a worship song. It might be through a conversation you have with someone. It might be through a sermon this weekend. But the point is, God is going to communicate and make it clear to you to help your heart. But are you asking for his help? Are you asking him to help you understand what he's trying to tell you by the brokenness that you and I are experiencing in our emotions? If you are feeling anger, don't ignore it. Don't brush it under the rug. Admit that you're angry and begin to ask God, why am I angry? And then allow God to work through the reasons with you. Some of us in this room, I know, have been angry about things for years. That's why you're sarcastic. That's why you're so cold. That's why you withdraw from people, because you're angry. That's why you isolate yourself, because you've been hurt and you're angry. That's why you're so critical, because you're angry. That's why some of us drink. That's why some of us smoke. That's why some of us look at pornography because we're angry and we want something to make us feel better for a little bit. Some of us have made peace with anger being the default setting of our hearts. Some of us live in just a low simmer all the time, low simmer. Something could just turn that right up and we're off. Some of us have broken relationships because people want to avoid us because they know they have to walk on eggshells around us because we might snap at them or get upset with them or punish them because we're angry all the time. And we're wondering why these people don't want to spend time with us and we haven't asked yet, God, what's going on in my soul? Like I said, Sin is crouching at our door, and it wants to master us. But we have a choice if we take these things to God for us to master it instead. Here's what C.S. Lewis said. Pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. God, why am I angry? Why am I anxious? Why am I sad? Why do I feel this way? God might be trying to tell us something, and if we'll ask him why, he's got some amazing healing in store for us. So can we ask tonight, as we begin our time here, why do I feel this way?
Why am I angry? I'll close with this verse from Ephesians. Familiar, you know it. It's on my list of 10 things to do to not be angry. Ephesians 4, 25 through 27. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. The call here is for us to stop lying, maybe to ourselves even, to begin to speak truth to each other, to fight for one another, to be angry but not sin, and to not let the sun go down our anger and to not give the devil an opportunity. And so my, my challenge to myself and all of us this weekend is that we would use this weekend to ask God these questions. And maybe ask a brother or a sister while you're here for help. To not let the sun go down another day where we aren't asking God for help. And not just God take this away, but God, what are you trying to tell me? Now, I'm not throwing a damper on the whole weekend here. We need to have fun. We're going to praise rowdily. We're going to eat. We're going to play and have, have a great time. But perhaps, as Pastor Sean challenged us at the, the jump here tonight, Perhaps we can take time this weekend to listen to what God is trying to say to us. We all have one hour tomorrow morning and Sunday morning that's totally for us to spend quiet time with God, to read the Bible, to pray. What are you going to do with that time? We all have free time tomorrow. We all have a ride home Sunday. What are you and I going to do with that time? I want to challenge you to believe that the creator God isn't finished with you yet and actually has something to say to you, to you, this weekend. If you and I will say, God, why do I feel this way? Here we are. Show me, God, so that we can leave and have lasting change. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we hear the lesson of Cain in these early pages in the Bible or you're fighting for him. And so God, I believe tonight that you're fighting for me and that you want to come to each one of us in our brokenness, in our heaviness, in our anger, in our frustration, and you want to help us. And so God, I pray that you would help me to make the most of this, this time this weekend to not waste these quiet moments where I can slow down and actually listen and ask and talk to you. And Father, I, I pray that whether tonight or in our quiet time tomorrow or sometime this weekend, I pray that you would prove yourself to be faithful to those of us that are going to seek you with our whole heart. Lord, give us testimonies this weekend of how you work to begin to heal us from our brokenness. Oh God, we don't want to just go through the motions, Lord. As Pastor Sean has called us to this weekend, God, I want to fight for peace. So God, I, I just, I long that you would fulfill your promise that those of us that ask, you will give an answer. If we seek, we will find. If we knock, you will open. 
So God, our hearts are before you tonight. Do what only you can do, God. Don't sweep it under the rug of our soul, but God, change us from the inside out. Please, we lay our hearts before you tonight. I put before you my anger. I put before you my anxiety, and I say, God, help me. I want to be honest with you tonight, God, about how I, how I feel, God. And I pray that you would take these negative, these heavy, these dark feelings, these tendencies and patterns that I have, God, and that you would shape it so that I would be like you. Take this moment now and, and just say, God, will you help me? God, will you speak to me? He knows what's going on in your heart and your soul. He loves you. He doesn't want you to live with this brokenness. He doesn't want you to live with these burdens. So, Father, we give you our hearts and souls tonight and thank you for what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen.